the Cousin Brew Show. <laughs> I got to go a little different than my last intro, cause the one that we just dumped. Uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm living, man. I'm doing good. It's finals time. I'm, uh, you know, we're all focused up and uh, yeah, living. Good, good. Living, well, living. I, I, as I was explaining, in <laughs> the end is in sight, I'm sure. There are quite a few people. This is an angle, um, also welcome to Cosmo Show. This is an angle that I think has gone sort of underrepresented in the conversation is that how badly do people want to leave that bubble? It's got to be bad. <laughs> I've thought about that at the end of series, like which team's just like, you know what? This sucks. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they let go of the rope. But um, yeah, no, before our tech issue, which dumped our first intro, which I thought was great, um, you know, I was I was making fun of the Lakers asterisk that they, if they win this, you know, the big asterisk that they're uh, going to have on this championship. And then you laughed and then I laughed. And then we had the, the uh, I think Bill Barr started speaking in the background of this podcast. Um is that, is that a thing? Are people saying that there's an... I mean, I know there was some talk of that when the bubble was first happening. But. I kind of got a little smacked around online with this. Um, you know, I think people... And when I say people, I think this might be like Skip Bayless and uh -huh. Colin Cowherd. <laughs> I said coward, but <laughs> Colin Cowherd. Just just before you start talking, those are two of the most horrible people on on television and on the internet. So, Dan, go ahead. <laughs> well, speaking of, I don't know if this is horrible or not, but uh, Coward tweeted a picture of his daughter, the uh, either today or yesterday, and and I was just thinking to myself, why would you do that? <laughs> Like I said, two of the worst people on television. Like, he's like, "Have at it, internet." Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, only, a, only, yeah, the shocker. So those people have been talking about, but I actually, I agreed with a certain element of the asterisk when uh, this was all getting started because we just had no idea how this was going to go. Like, you mm -hmm. could have had all these infections, and you know, the teams with players that can't play, and all this stuff. And so I, th I kind of thought about it from that angle, but then I just thought, you know, if I'm a betting man or if I was like a, a backer of the Lakers or the Clippers or any of the top teams that were in the, the playoffs, I would think this would be th this sucks. Like if it was a normal year, you, you wouldn't have all this hullabaloo going on. And for that one reason alone, if I was more if I was inclined to take an underdog, I might be more inclined to take an underdog this season just because of pure variance so that to me i don't think that's an asterisk for the team that wins it it's just a little bit more consideration for the other teams that aren't favored so that's that's all i was doing and people got in a uproar as the internet does but now yeah. i mean that, that, that you, you'll hear i guarantee you you will hear asterisk talk regardless of what yeah. happens yeah, I don't know. You got to win the games. I mean, from it's people. not <laughs> from people. <laughs> yeah, you, you got. I, I mean, there was some talk of that earlier, and there'll be people that will try to, you know, <laughs> you know, bring less value to this championship. I, I, I don't know that it's any easier. I think that, quite honestly, like the Heat to me are a case study of a team that really, really benefited from <laughs> being in the bubble. I mean, not having. 20,000 people yelling at two crucial, you know, you, you look at, you know, Tyler Hero and, and, um, and, uh, Duncan Robinson. I mean, those people, they did not get the normal playoff treatment. And it, it's, a, it's a very, you know, it seems like this is an argument that's going to be used to, 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 to hit LeBron, well, it, yeah, know, I was right? gonna say. So I mean, speaking of kinda, people, I I, I yeah, saw but, uh, Skip yeah. actually said that winning this championship will hurt his legacy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That's, just, that's clearly where that argument's gonna. Can we just go? admit that but there you, are two kinds of people on this earth? One that takes things seriously and looks at facts, and then the other that basically is like, I'll just say whatever. I don't yeah. care. It's yeah, it, what's yeah. coming out of my mouth is total BS because somebody that, is going to buy it. Well, that that type of that 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 that, play, that pays very well. So yeah, that's what happens. But Spe um, speaking you know, of, the, you, sorry, I'm I'm could, jumping all over you. Go ahead. The you know you could look you could look at that and say like if it wasn't for the bubble, a team like the Heat would never even be in the finals. 
you know, they, those those two guys did not feel the wrath. Uh, they were allowed to play free and didn't feel the wrath of any road crowds. I mean, they it's not like it's like they were playing very well before the bubble before before uh, COVID hit. I mean, they were the fifth seed. Yeah. So any kind of argument that you want to give of why this made things supposedly easier for a veteran team, you can make it the same arguments that it that it made it uh, easy for a younger team. And look how well the Suns play. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, any, you have to win the 16 games. Whoever wins it is a champ, period. Yeah, you, period. You, you, you deal with what is in front of you. So that's why there's no asterisk on whoever wins it. Um, but if you're, you know, again, to circle around on my point, not that I should, is uh, if you were a backer of a favorite, like right. you said, the Suns, the Heat, you know, all these teams not dealing with the things they would normally deal with. It just gives you a little bit of extra, like, juice on those underdogs. So, uh, but it, it was interesting, we're, and we are going to talk about Duncan. We're going to talk about every player, I think, on this show, um, you know, as we get ready for game five here. But to your point about the crowd, I thought was really interesting in my rewatch of the game. I didn't notice when I was watching it for the first time how loud the kids were screaming and, and how it was getting picked up on the microphones. And I just, I was like, you know, I bet it doesn't matter, you know, like too much as far as how this game is going. But that's a weird vibe at a game when if you've got like a kid's section screaming and they're the predominant sound that's coming from the crowd. Like, what does that even do to you? I don't know. Does it like, it doesn't amp you up, obviously. Does it irritate you? Does it matter? And, and you know, if we're talking about big crowds putting pressure on people, I, I think that the ambiance of it all was just really, really strange. Well, I mean, like, you're talking about their kids, right? Yeah, their kids. And, 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 and I was sitting there thinking, I bet that doesn't, I bet the league doesn't actually like this sound because it sounds pretty, I don't know, like Saturday at the gym watching your kids play, you know, your 10-year-old basketball game or something like that. But are you really going to go over to these players' kids and tell them to calm down? Like, probably not. Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I didn't notice it. I've never, I've never, I didn't, I've never noticed it. But, um, I mean, I, I, I'd imagine it doesn't affect the players at all. I mean, they've had, you know, they've played in front of family members, you know, that were making the predominant sounds until they, you until know, they got big. Yeah. I, the, know, the, so, the, the thing, the only thing I that I think that, affects them is if it's loud as you know what, if it's loud and uh, you can feel the energy of the building starting to turn. And for example, the kind of the mistakes that uh, both of those players that we're talking about made in game four, like when that mistake happens and then the roof blows off, like, can they bounce back? you know, with that confidence and, and, and that for those two players coming up in game five is going to be huge because they made quite a few mistakes. Those two in, in game four. Um, so let's, let's take a step back. Um, we're going to talk about game four a little bit. We're going to talk about game five and what to expect. Um, but overall impressions of game four, uh, I, I literally just rewatched it. So um, I've got a whole bunch of stuff on the t- tip of my tongue, but what was, as you were watching it, what were you thinking? Uh, you know, I thought it was, oh, it was, I mean, it was clearly the best game. Um, you know, you know, I think the, you know, I, I just think the Lakers are a better team. I didn't think that, um, the Heat were playing non-Heat basketball. I, I didn't see it as, um, and I, and I was, I was in an interesting situation, so I might be missing something, but, um. What kind of interesting situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me go into it. I'm not, I, I just, I, yeah, <laughs> go on. I just, I just thought that this was kind of, you know, both teams. And obviously, Dragic not being there is, a, you know, can't be. I mean, that's just a huge no, thing. It's I mean, killing offense, them. Quite, quite frankly, just doesn't look remotely the same um, without him because there's no one that can do what he does really for them, and it's very crucial to what they do. But it's. But they're making do with it. They're making do. I mean, it's it's more the um, little bit of the efficiency because he's so crafty. Um, well, then they have to play. play. Kendrick Although, Nunn is killing them right now. He's not playing well. Um, but again, you probably get a step up on defense with with Kendrick Nunn. So 
I, I just think that he Dragic is so deadly on the big, the small big switch. Like when it's a when it's a big on Dragic, it's they're gonna get something good always. You know, there's not too many big men in the league because he's just so good with driving to the lane with contact and getting. He's just they can't replace that really. So. He, I like how he's been really testing the defense and keeping a dribble alive and then having the ability to even like pivot three, three or four times afterwards, maintain control and then kick it back out. So he's really stretching the defense every single time he gets the ball, getting the most out of it, even if it doesn't work. And then, you know, if it doesn't work, then resetting and, and, and going at it again. Um, not to jump on you there, but uh, the when when I was watching the, I, I thought the, I thought Jimmy Butler had a bad game in this one. Um, you know his stat line was fine, twenty two ten and nine, uh, so almost triple doubled. Very involved. Uh, he drew Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know what you thought about that, but um, I, I mean I actually didn't even think the Anthony Davis. Um, assignment really was like like really bad news for the heat it wasn't really bad news for the heat they switched out of that on the lakers side probably i don't know like at least half of the time uh when when butler had the ball but he just didn't have that killer instinct and it's been talked about during the broadcast a number of times and not as much passing out of wide open shots as we've seen in previous games but just not really like, just not sharp on, on probably I'd say about five to say seven or eight plays that really, really turned the game. Um, and, and, and mostly I think that the one that really was critical is just a wide open three that he missed because the heat in that fourth quarter were really close. You know, like the, the Lakers had taken that third quarter uh, end of third quarter lead and then they get into the fourth, and it was kind of a series of unfortunate events for the Heat. Like, LeBron started firing threes from, you know, three three feet behind the line. And he, he shoots the ball with such a, a speed on it that when it hits, when it doesn't, when it doesn't hit and it bricks, like, it bounced way out to the three-point line. And, and on one play, Jay Crowder kind of did a nonchalant sort of not box out because he was out there defending, but like kind of just drifted into the hoop a little bit too far. And of course, Rondo, who's this is all he lives for, you know, gets in there, gets an offensive rebound. And they did that a couple different times off of misses. That, 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 that is not an unfortunate event. I mean, that's a guy not blocking out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That, that's what I'm... The, in, in, Do you have to call things what they are? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, this was absolutely an unforced error. It, it was... And on top of... I think the Heat probably had about, like, you know, 10 of those. And and it's hard to get on them for it because the Lakers went and had about 10 of those, you know, where they were just, like, stupid stuff that, you know, they probably typically don't do. A bunch of entry passes went into the third row. Um, but the heat don't have that margin for error. And so, you know, you see them doing that kind of stuff. Kelly Olenek, let me, he was terrible in in the game. He only played 12 minutes. I think they realized quickly that he couldn't be on the floor and, and just missing in the details game. And you just, as a a player coming off the bench that, you know, you're there in his case, he was very, very necessary when Bam wasn't playing. But, um, you know, you're, you're kind of out there to not make mistakes. You know, you're already physically limited. But to, to make mistakes on top of that, uh, you know, it's just brutal. So, um, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler goes, when, when he missed the three, that was a wide open three, and then LeBron grabbed the board, pushed, and you saw another example of a mistake. Or pardon me, actually, I forget who got the board. LeBron was on the break and pushed. And you saw Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero both cover his drive on on the break. And that's when KCP hit the three. And, and that was the one that really put the game. I want to say they got like a five or six point lead at that point in time. And uh, that was sort of the beginning of the end. 
um, the possession started really evaporating quickly. The clock went from like four minutes down to one so fast. And, and instead of being a tight game, they were down by seven or eight. And that was it. And it felt to me like if they could have made less egregious mistakes on the Miami side in, in these handful of mistakes, and, and if Jimmy Butler had been a little bit more sharp throughout the game, I, I kind of feel like they had a shot here. And and what a difference we would be talking about in this series if they had actually pulled that off and it was a 2-2 series. I, I think the public perception right now is that the Heat can't compete with this team. And, and, and that's, you know, that's neither here nor there when it comes to game five. Uh, you know, the, the, the best team's going to win and, and that's going to be that. And it could easily be the Lakers because, again, like you mentioned, they are the better team. Um, but let's go through this here. Let's uh, let's sort of shuffle through and, and I want to get your takes on on certain aspects. Well, yeah, just about that, that end of the game stuff. I mean. It's one of those things, and I thought KCP had a really, really strong first half, but then he was struggling a bit. Um, you know, maybe I forget who was on him, Robinson or Hero. Maybe they don't dig down quite as hard, but he hadn't made a three in a while. So, well, I mean, do you? I, I don't know that I'm gonna. He was having. He had a, overall a good game, but I don't know. Like, I, it's one of those. It's a. It's a split second decision. Do you try to oh. defend? The, the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time, or do you leave KCP open? I don't, well, I don't that was it, that was the thing about it is you understood why he did it, like. Yeah, I mean, but but when you go back and you look at it, he didn't help anything. Like he he the, he basically kind of stood shoulder to shoulder with Duncan Robinson, and they both sort of occupied that same space. And and yeah. you you it's you probably see this play happen even if it's not the Heat if it's a different team just you know covering LeBron James let's say like ninety nine out of a hundred times they pinch down on on the drive to the to the basket and KCP gets that very same three but when you look at you know did did Tyler Hero actually you know affect LeBron at all on that drive did he did he create any sort of advantage for his team? You know, anything like that, like he would have been better served just sort of fanning out a little bit more. And then he would have had a better contest on that. But, um, you know, that's, that's minutia. He's a bad defender also. I mean, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of the, they've been able, you know, to hide. They, they, they play the zone. They play it well, but at the end of the day in space, in training, Transition. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero are bad defenders, and, and it's, you know they 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 read scouting reports well, and they you know but they're bad defenders, and so you know that's kind of one of the well, on that know, last play when the, uh, when when KCP cooked him. Well, that's one of the one of the good things of having a you know when you that's why you pay in that's why in basketball the stars matter because they'll make you do stupid things. Um, you know, well, and not, you know, Robinson you, on the final drive that KCP torched him on, it was really unfortunate because what what happened was KCP lifted him from about four feet beyond the arc, you know, straight away. So a really long up fake, <laughs> and you know he should have never bit. If KCP wanted to take a thirty plus footer, you know, then. And, and at that point in time in the game, like you got to know that KCP doesn't have the, the green, the layup. Yeah. It, it, like you have to know KCP is not going to rise and fire from that far. You know, LeBron might kill him if he misses <laughs> that shot. So he got lifted by it. And that's why KCP's like, okay, I'm going to just, you know, bring it down and, and, and go to my dominant hand. And he was able to get around it, but he actually barely got around him on on that that little flip layup that that he did that put the game away which goes to show you if 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 he hadn't actually gotten lifted you know by the pup the pump fake he probably would have been in a decent position to contest had kcp had actually gone through you know followed through with that drive so to me it was just like a game of inches all over the place like Tyler Hero, I mean, at one point he challenged LeBron on a one-on-one drive, and it was that play where he shot it and it hit the corner of the backboard, and then they, they reviewed it and determined that LeBron hadn't even touched the shot. So it looked like a block, but, you know, that play was was indicative of, you know, some bad shot selection by Hero in the first half. There was the play where he had a not a layup, an open-court layup, but 
AD was chasing him and he sort of dimed up a little bit and, and threw this little brick, you know, he kind of palmed the ball into a brick uh, on the layup, didn't even hit the rim on an open court layup and, and AD didn't even really contest or challenge him. So you saw these things going on throughout the game and, and a couple Jimmy Butler plays where he just was in the wrong place defensively. Uh, one time he he doubled on LeBron and did it in, in a way that Danny Green got a wide open three. So I just thought that the the, the details were killing these guys. Um, you know, when, when they're down a, a player that, that even if they have Goran Dragic, they are, you know... You know they're they're all they're going to have a hard time with this team one way or another. Um, spinning into to some of the the individual play, uh, Anthony Davis got some critic he got some criticism after Game Four, and I, I actually was not thinking he really deserved it. Um, he was quiet in that game, six of nine from the field. Uh, they went small against him. Um, that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That was I, I. I just thought that the it was a kind of a it kind of reminded me of the Dirk Nowitzki stuff where you you put a bunch of smalls on him and the team as a whole couldn't react to getting him the ball in, in advantageous positions against a small lineup. So they got away with going small against Anthony Davis. Now he bounced back in this one, uh, 22 points, nine boards, sort of a run of the mill average Anthony Davis game. Um, he also covering Jimmy Butler. I. I I kind of think in game five, if, if the Lakers do that again, it's not the worst thing in the world for the Heat. So so what are your thoughts on Anthony Davis and and, and what he looks like defensively if, if they go against, uh, if they put him on Jimmy Butler again in game five? Um, I, I, uh, I thought that kind of, I think overall, I think what's clear is that he's not ready to be the, the best player on a team that's going to win a championship. I thought it, th- this game was in th- this, the comparison of game four to game three is perfect synopsis of Anthony Davis. Don't show up one day. Don't have an impact. Have a little adversity. You know, he, he doesn't do like horribly stupid things. Like he doesn't like have like games where he has like seven, eight turnovers. Right. So you can kind of just float through a game and then you go like, well, he didn't play that bad. But the reality is <laughs> he's supposed to be this, you know, top five-ish type player. I mean, the, the difference between the Dirk stuff was like when they would throw like, I know like uh, they used to throw like Tracy McGrady on him a lot and like all these like these like six, seven-ish athletic guys. They were usually just staying one-on-one. They were just basically saying like, you're going to shoot over the top and we don't think that you're really going to drive your shoulder in to make the space for your turnaround. Right. And we know you're not going to get by these young little guys. They went with the small guys and then they came with hard double teams. The guy just can't pass out of double teams. I was really like, I was really surprised how poor he was. I mean, and we're talking like, even when he was like, uh, sometimes on the face up, he wasn't really, darting the right pass and he just kind of like he he just kind of folded you know all because he got a couple of fouls early and he wasn't in rhythm but like that's the next step if you want to be a great player if he's supposedly going to take the reins from lebron when he retires and be the next great laker like you got to find a way to manufacture a good game when you are not playing well that's just the bottom line and he horror he just failed he just failed at that so he comes back in game four and plays well. He's energized. He, you know, covered Butler a little bit and did some nice things. And that's like he's really good at playing well when he's playing well. But that's not what this. That's not what the all-time greats do. The all-time greats they come out they go, oh for seven, and they still find a way to get you twenty-eight, you know, and fifteen or whatever. So I, I thought that I thought the criticism was fine. You know, I mean, maybe because I'm looking at it from a fan perspective a little bit too. But I just, I just was. I just thought he decided to throw that game away. You know, I thought that he just decided that, you know, game game three, hey, we're up 2-0, we could come back. He got into foul trouble and just like, you know, just just floated <laughs> just floated into the sunset and said, we'll get him next time. It, it's funny because so, uh, he, I mean, in order to do what you're talking about, which is 
impose your will on the game. At some point, he's got to almost yell at LeBron, and, and, and LeBron's actually not the problem here. With yeah. to me, the game three performance, the game three performance to me came down to the Lakers guards not being able to really force and punish you know the Heat for for having such a configuration. Um, the, the entire Heat defense in game three moved on a string, and the Lakers offense didn't have anywhere near close the motion or the effectiveness to to really make you can't cover Anthony Davis with Jay Crowder I mean you can't cover him with Jimmy Butler you can't cover him with you know Andre Iguodala which they did you know for much of the game and if that's happening it's either Anthony Davis is shrinking which you know that's been the criticism forever uh, or the team as a whole isn't getting him active and, and activated and, and you know doing the things that we saw in game one and game two where it looked like he owned the entire paint. And, and it actually is an interesting thing here that I think may connect to this uh, is Dwight Howard played just eight minutes in this last game. Mm-hmm. His minutes have gone down. Uh, I thought the Heat actually figured it out finally in game three that Myers Leonard is the perfect goon to go into the arena with Dwight Howard and just sort of muck it up. And once they started matching up those guys' minutes, then you stop seeing just total annihilation. Like, if Myers Leonard was on the floor and Dwight Howard wasn't, he was just getting murdered out there. And then when Kelly Olynyk was on the floor against Dwight, they were just getting murdered out there. It was like they figured it out. It's like, okay, put the big strong guy against the big strong guy and try to cancel out those minutes. And when Dwight wasn't wreaking havoc, which he really did early on, the 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 rim just sort of maybe like the the, the paint area just didn't it, Anthony Davis didn't own it anymore. And and they went to this small man to man, no more zone. That was another big um feature of, of the game three win by the heat is they completely scrapped the zone, which was great. Uh, I thought, you know, the zone watching that in game one and two was like kind of watching a high school coach. That's out coaching, you know, somebody that's never coached basketball before. Uh, they stationed LeBron and, and AD at the baseline and you got Tyler hero and Duncan Robinson in the corners of that zone, trying to defend these lobs. It was just, you know, a, a nightmare for those guys, but Anthony Davis hasn't owned the paint definitively the way that he did in game one and two. And I kind of wonder if it was connected to Dwight wreaking all that havoc out there. So that'll be an interesting wrinkle. I mean, if Dwight Howard only plays eight minutes again, you know, in game five, I think that's advantage heat. What do you think? I I mean, it it, in part was Dwight, but also like he ran a lot harder in game one and two. Like he is, it's easy to get Anthony Davis out the paint. You don't want to really be there. You know, you 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 give him a couple of elbows. He's gonna float because he can shoot. He's got range. He's he, he's easy to push out. And again, if he's not having success, he's even easier to push. He hasn't he hasn't flipped the script yet to go like, okay, I I posted up at twelve feet. I wasn't very successful out there. I took a couple of threes that wasn't successful. Let me just keep. He doesn't he doesn't go like I'm just gonna sprint down the court and get a layup. I'm just going to sprint down the court. I'm just going to like forget about everything on all I'm going to do the next two or three offensive possessions is just crash to offensive boards. Like he does that instinctively when he's playing well. But when he's not, he just kind of floats around. And so like he's again, he just got to he's got to understand that he can't have games where he doesn't make an impact. So like it's very much a part Dwight Howard cuz he was occupying so much space and getting his hand on so many balls and even like even Rondo uh, crashing at times was, you know, occupying people and their, their peripherals where Davis was able to, you know, do some things down there. But at the end of the day, if he's a superstar, he's he he's got to he's got to do it. He's he's got to do it. He's got to you know, when he's in the if he's posting at 10, 12 feet and nobody's doing anything, nobody's cutting like get in KCP's face. Say, what the hell are you just standing there for? You got to cut, you know, I have no room to operate, you know, and, and so he's just got to, he, he can't just go with that. It's not the stat line. He has to have impact. 
you know, you know he has impact on games. You know what's interesting about this is like there's probably what like five to ten players in the NBA that have real expectations on them, and not like you're the franchise player of the Kings or something, you know, and you've you, you know we're expecting you to make the playoffs. Like no, we're talking like NBA championship level expectations. And he never had that in New Orleans, obviously. And so he comes to L.A. And, and now there's a good amount of pressure on him to perform. And you've seen him get better with that. And I just wonder if, you know, you got LeBron there. And LeBron's never not going to be the guy. I don't even know if that made sense, by the way. He's never not going to be the guy. And <laughs> so I just repeat it. He, so, like, if, he, if, if Anthony Davis is going to be the guy that everybody wants him to be, you know, since he has to, if he's having the, if he's falling and fading out of the game, you know, for whatever reason, somebody who's got real expectations on them that is the guy might start going, man, I don't want to take this crap. I need to get in there and do something about this. But you got LeBron there, and that safety blanket is just, I mean, for a guy like Anthony Davis who's been complacent with his style of play in the past. That's a tough, I mean, I, I, I am trying to put myself in the shoes of Anthony Davis, also hilarious. If you've already had complacency issues, you got LeBron right there, who, by the way, I do want to take a second to talk about LeBron. Um, but you got LeBron there. Uh, hey, man, you could do it. You know, hand the ball over to LeBron and let him do his thing. I, that's a tough equation for Anthony Davis to crack, I think, this year. Looking down the road, maybe that's different. Um, yeah. I think, well, I think there'll be, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I hear it. It's, it's true. It's very true. Like, he, he is the ultimate safety blanket. And they, they, he just didn't have a lot because of that. I think with the, if Dragic was healthy, he would be put to the test a lot more on defense than he's been. Um, and, you know, There's something about being the- punched in the face repeatedly by whatever it is that makes you stronger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the perfect example is perfect. You know, there's a perfect Laker example in Pau Gasol. I mean, that first series oh, against wow. uh, Boston. I mean, he just he just got his ass kicked. Kevin Kevin Garnett <laughs> and PJ Brown, and they were just hungry, and they were just like, that might be one of the best examples of this. You know, and he just wasn't ready. He he didn't he didn't know how to hit back. He it took him way out of his game, and he just he. And they had enough talent and on that team to make the to make the Lakers pay for only having one star. So he he hasn't really had that moment yet in his career. So he might get to a championship this year, but we'll see. Next year, there's a couple of guys in Golden State that might have something to say about that. If the Clippers can get their act together and switch some pieces up, there might be have something to say about it. a healthy Heat team. I mean. But but he it does have to be kind of beat out of you, right? I mean, that's one thing. <laughs> that's life in a show. nutshell. Like, how many yeah. people do you know that have had everything handed to them that are like just stone cold killers in whatever they do? Right. It's right. I mean, there are people who 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 can convert in, in that situation, but I just don't see a lot of them. Um, LeBron James. So we're thirty minutes into this thing, and and we haven't really talked about him. Uh, I would like to apologize to the king. I think um, any implication that Jimmy Butler was a better player right now, I would like to apologize for. Uh, he has looked outstanding. This is probably my favorite LeBron performance in in the finals. Um, I don't really find myself questioning him very much out there. And I don't know, maybe that's a function of the way that the games are going and, you know, he's he's not facing as much adversity. Um for whatever reasons uh, that he'd have good personnel, but his just command of the game and, and the speed that he's playing at and his, like, I feel like even when they came back from three, one, it feels like he might have a better physical um, package going on right now where he, he's a little bit fast. Um, You know, I, I felt like, was it two years ago? Uh, in Cleveland, like he was way slower than than he is right now. Like, like there's something fresh about his game. He's springy. Yeah, I think he's. I think it's in part. I think that it's. A, I think their plan. I think the role players are just better. Like that last 
two Cleveland uh, runs, especially the last one. I mean, they really just <laughs> didn't have much there. And it's just kind of hard to push down the court, you know, draw everybody in and know that they're probably going to miss the shot. Like, it, I think that, you know, KCP, Kuzma, as their games and, and the way they've played has gotten better, it, it's a lot more fun. I mean, you're willing to you're willing to push and run when you know guys are going to do the right thing and complete the play. So I think that he, he does look a little more spry, but I, I think it's, it's – I mean, part of it, it very well could be faster just because they had, had all that time off. I mean, that, that's what I was wondering. That Actually, no, you that you nailed it right there. That's what I was wondering is did the time off give LeBron the legs that he hasn't ever really had? You know, I'm like sure. I mean, all the all veterans, I'm sure, would would love to have a I mean, if he could lobby for taking a, a two month or three month chunk of time off in the middle of the season, I'm sure every there were player... two two plays came to mind. Both of them were on the right side of the floor and he gets by the first layer of, of defense and then gets fouled pretty hard. And mm-hmm. one, he finished in a layup and the other one, he finished in a flat out dunk, you know, on the yeah. continuation. And I was sitting there thinking, yeah, I don't know if he does that in season even, you know, like if he does that, you know, yeah. last year, like, you know, the, the, the book on him, I felt was that he had all of the tools to play the game, but we're starting to see the decline of the elevation right. and, you know, just sort of the the otherworldly, you know, all of the the maxed out attributes, like they're starting to slide back a little bit. It doesn't even seem like that right now, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to do a little ode to to LeBron there, since I owed it to him. Uh, Danny Green, I, I think he is a wild card because he can either be pretty bad or sneakily good uh kcp i thought you nailed it when you said he had a good start a bad middle and a good finish to the game um marcus more pardon me markeith morris played 30 minutes in this one and if i'm so as i'll, I'll bury a bet in this this part of the talk right here um, i'm probably going to take the heat in this game uh i think the lines are set really appropriately so i'm, I'm actually not thrilled about either that or i might take the under i don't know um but if I'm backing the Heat and I'm, I'm trying to figure out as a fan or a, a better, like I'm looking at those Markeith Morris minutes and I'm thinking, man, there's 30 of them. We got to do more against that guy than we did because he can be beaten pretty easily defensively. Um, but Markeith Morris has been out there. He only went two of eight from the field in that game, but I think he's hit some timely shots in this series. And if you went into it thinking, oh man, we got to play Markeith Morris a lot. I think he's answered the bell on his end, um, and and then elsewhere on the bench. You know, there's a lot of interesting bench players for the Lakers that you you kind of like if you're looking for angles for how the Heat can get back into this series. You know, just looking at those four guys right there. Yeah, I I think that I think you hit it with uh, he he hasn't been good. I don't think, but he's been. Timely, he hasn't made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, Morris, um, yeah, he's. I think he's. You know, he's the kind of player that. You know, if you leave it up to him, he'll never leave LeBron James. Like if, if he's a free agent, they want to <laughs> offer him less. He's he's coming back to LA, right? Because like, he he's the he's the kind of guy that he's the cool one, right? Between know, between he, him and Marcus, he's the cool one. <laughs> he's the he's the kind of player that a, a great player like LeBron James completely blankets, right? No one's ever only nerd shows like ours are going to even be talking about him ever, right? As, as a piece of the equation. So, um I think he's been he's been just fine. Um Danny Green has I'd probably say probably leaning more towards disappointment for me, but um again, nothing drastic that um you know, he just doesn't make a bunch of mistakes. And, he, you know. he can't cover Jimmy Butler at all. He doesn't seem to be able to cover anybody. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to be charitable to yeah, no. <laughs> his reputation as a defender is way bigger, way yeah. far, further ahead than than what he's bringing on the floor. 
think it's a little bit I think it's because they don't ISO as much like they don't like he's much better when a guy catches it at the three point line, turns and sizes him up. Then he gets in there, he he knows where he is, he knows where his help is. Because there's a big, you know, his his athleticism is not nearly what it was and but he's he's very smart and he's cutting and he reads his scouting reports. And I just think that because of the way guys catch the ball, where they catch the ball, they do a lot of curls, you know, inside the three-point line. Jimmy Butler's so strong. I, he just really – it's just not a good matchup for him. I mean, he's out – he's fighting. It's not like he's, like, not giving effort. He just really can't cover him. He doesn't seem to be able to cover uh, Hero um, on the some of the, like, Duncan Robinson stuff. I feel like he just, like – he's just too tired like he's like he's that, old that man i'm old that guy's, that guy's got such a fast trigger there's no way i'm getting to that i'll just try to maybe maybe then maybe the announcers will blame it on the other guy <laughs> so uh but i it, but at the same time like saying all that it wouldn't shock me if he goes like four for five from three point line next game like he's just that's why he's out there um you know so he's he's done enough you know he's not he's done enough but he hasn't played well What's into uh, what I've found really fascinating is, of course, you're going to let him drive, but he's been driving the lane a lot, and it hasn't been as disastrous as it should be. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of found money there for the Lakers. Um, I was going to go down and I was going to talk about Rondo, but you, you mentioned something about Danny Green that uh, that Jimmy Butler, offensively, everybody's going under everything. And he's getting switches, kind of the insta switch that we see so much in the NBA today. So, but um, he's got to shoot five more times per game. Like it, it just it. When you don't have Goran Dragic, you gotta have that threat that you're gonna pull. It opens everything else up, and it's really I. I just I'm kind of at a loss. I don't understand his unwillingness to shoot when he's not that bad at it. I mean, I know he's not the greatest three point shooter in the world, but like, I mean, come on, like, I, you know, I, I think he's a little tired. It's, 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 it, that, thank you. That's, that's, I think he's just a little tired. I think he's you know, not having Goran and he's spending it, you know, he's spent in this series, a significant amount of time on LeBron James and like anybody that's had to, I mean, I can't even, think of the taxing nature of that i mean he's just so big and it's like such a even when he doesn't do anything like when you're going against someone that's such a crazy athlete it's even taxing when they're not doing anything right like he's got the ball at at like 16 feet and you're like he's kind of leaning on you and he's kind of you're just like it's such a tense physically tense and like being in a car wreck (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's like, it's just like, so I just think he's a little bit tired because I felt like they've needed a little bit more. But if you don't feel like, you know, if you feel like if you, if you maybe he just feels like if I, we move the ball, I can get a little bit better shot or at least a a better chance to get in the lane and get fouled. You know, I I just don't think he's willing to waste. I think he thinks that it is way possessions on some of those threes yeah you know, no, no i mean it works for him too you see him you'll see him quite often pass up a shot and get a better one for himself or yeah. somebody else um it, it just i when it's, you, it's, it's frustrating it's hard, got like, it's hard especially when it's a lineup where he's got like iguodala out there mm-hmm. like the, you know, it's just like he, he's got to do it sometimes you know he's got to do it i know I, I completely agree with what you're saying like i he, and I, but I just feel like because he's playing like smart team basketball, he just he's not going to do it. I'd, ex, I'd expect him to do it. Yeah, so I was, I was just going to I was waiting for this pivot you're about to pivot into because it's it's to me it's why I'm betting on the Heat in a in a way mm-hmm. um, is he, when you don't have a game after the next game <laughs> or when this is the elimination game, right. you don't really have anything to wait for. You know right. Right. it. I, I, I could I don't see that passivity. Maybe it'll happen in the first quarter. Maybe it'll happen in the second quarter. But like the third and the fourth quarters, I think you're going to see him. You know, taking those shots, uh, maybe missing them even. 
you know. Um, but yeah. it just, I, I've just seen, there was probably about five possessions where he opted into something that wasn't as good as what he had. And, right. um, you know, that's rough. Um, you know, you, you got to get everything out of everything right now if you're the Heat. Um, quickly, I want to talk on Rondo. Um, yeah. I'm willing to concede the point that he's had a good playoffs. Um <laughs> But I'm not willing to concede it by much. <laughs> I mean, he had in the first half, you know, basically like five, six, seven mistakes that resulted in turnovers or missed shots. Um, so, you know, but like the offensive rebounds and, you know, just the, the sort of general, you know, uh, chaos that he's created out there when he's been good, I think has been a good thing. I mean, it's like if you're going to have a guy coming off the bench and you know, it's like, I'll take you the, I'll take the impactful player with variance, you know, where it's good sometimes and it's bad sometimes over somebody who just sort of takes up space. Um, especially for this team, like you, you've got anchors that are, you know, star players where Rondo really struggles is when he, cause it's like a little bit of Rondo will like, you know, go a long way. Like, it's when his entire personality takes over the team. Yeah. And then, I mean, cause he will dribble the ball for 20 seconds and then like pass it to somebody yeah. and they get the missed shot. And everybody's like, well, why did pass that? <laughs> the old pass it to JaVale McGee in the court. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh you shoot it. <laughs> and it's like, he looked cool while doing all of it. Like he probed the defense and then he backed it out. And then, you know, he pointed at like five different people and, you know, it's just like, um, and and I got to shout out, um, you know, the announcers, like anything that Rondo does is the greatest thing on planet Earth. And I swear he never, ever gets called out for anything that he does wrong. I don't understand it. It's it's so maybe somebody can well, explain. I, I, I can I, explain it to you perfectly fine. And it's it's you see it with almost every particularly with this team of the Van Gundy um Mark Jackson team. These, quite frankly, are two guys that still have their foot in the in the door, wanting to get jobs. Mm. So I, they, they, you see it a lot. Like, um, like I don't know how much football you watched a lot. Like John Gruden during his run on Monday Night Football was pretty atrocious about that. I'm like, dude, I know you, you're a Super Bowl winning coach. I know you know that was a terrible play. I know you know that was. A, why are you not saying that? You know, like, but you know that these guys that are not done with the career they're still politicking but it's more like, it's more breen does it they like i mean well, he's not he's not so he he i think is just like well these are the experts <laughs> i guess i guess i'll you know but even like when he played for the kings like so watching the opposing telecasts you know sort of talk about things even though we watched mostly you know the home home telecast but like just like that, the way that everybody talks about it, it's like, oh, I guess, you know, all those people said Rondo's good. I'll say Rondo's good. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's, that's exactly what it is. But but I don't want to I don't want to take away, though, that, you know, I, I think that the, the one thing that he's done, I, I think that I the one thing that I'd have a gripe with was, you know, when he um, when he does pass the ball early and then he runs he makes a cut and then he runs right next to the guy and destroys spacing. Like, I think that he's done that quite a bit at some times that have really, really fouled up the offensive flow. But other than that, I mean, he's, he's been active. Like he, like he's like the opposite of Anthony Davis, right? Like, Good or bad, you know he played, right? He he makes an impact. It's the assertion, and, and that's actually, I thought, paired well with the Lakers. Like, LeBron didn't need anything, but, like, you know, when you combine a LeBron and a Rondo, you're really in, injecting a lot of... You know, room and not hear that guy's voice. Um it's been a good it's been a good fit uh i don't know about the x's and o's of it you know if if the lakers came up against a better team like a clipper team that you know didn't suck for whatever reason i, I think the <laughs> a more talented team will say <laughs> <laughs> right like, i just 
the way you can make Rondo go to bad Rondo is is just by playing fundamental basketball and and forcing him to do things he doesn't want to do and taking advantage of the mistakes that he, I mean, if I was playing him, I would be all about creating gamble opportunities for him and sort of goading him into it. Like, Oh, here's an almost steal. Oh, here's an almost steal. Oh, Hey, come over here and try to get this steal over here. Cause that's the stuff that kills him defensively. It kills his teams and offensively it's, it's the freelancing and you know, the, the, I would encourage him to take 16 seconds off the shot clock as much as possible. You know, please just give me those eight second shot clocks all you can get. And I think it's funny that it was Rick Carlisle, the most controlling coach of them all, almost, I don't know, there might be one, one or two that are more, but you know, a guy that calls a lot of plays that's, you know, very particular about how he wants things was like, hell no, <laughs> like, this guy does whatever he wants on the floor. I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that. And so on and so forth. Uh, that's how it went down in Dallas. Um, but I am willing to concede and tip a hat to Rondo. You know, that's that's uh, a good little run that he's had here. Not befitting of a name playoff Rondo, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I don't want to give a uh, tip of the hat though. Um, actually, uh, to to the coach, actually to Vogel, because. There was something he did, Who? like to frame the yeah, right. He <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, I thought you know, game one when the Heat came out, kind of like gangbusters, and Jimmy was taking LeBron off the dribble, and they built that lead. He did something I thought that kind of set the tone. I think for the team, he LeBron he made LeBron take his normal rest, and it was like they were down 13 and it looked like the heat were going to just kind of run away with this thing. And it, and I, it, it's a, it's the kind of thing that like puts so much like belief or at least confidence into to other guys. Like they, they were shook there, you know, in that first quarter. that's the wildest thing about this it, series is it, how, it, how it happened. Like, yeah, they were shook. There was no doubt about it. The Lakers were kind of looking at each other like, what What the hell are we doing? I got hell. I got all loose on Twitter. I, you guys I got I just started. <laughs> There's some some tweets that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's not a lot of guys have the. To, I'm, I'm leaning the on the injuries. Is. I'll put it that way. Huh? I'm leaning on the injuries. Yeah. But a lot of guys don't have the cojones to do that. It's certainly not a first time in the finals coach. Yeah, and how he's held up over. I mean, Jason Kidd was supposed to be coaching this team already, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't even seen Jason Kidd. What happened to that guy? I think he's being an assistant. I think that he. I think he probably could have used. We haven't seen him on camera once. They got they got stars. I mean, what he's not. I mean, he's not. He's he's been sitting there. It's not like he's a crazy uh, yeller and screamer. Even when he's a head coach, I don't think he did too much on the sidelines. No, he's definitely not making any noise. Uh, but so okay, so props to Vogel. Um, but what what about Game Five here? Like, uh, no Drogic. I think that's. I think I think everybody yeah, knows that. Yeah. Though I, think I would think it, it, I, I was playing this out in my head. I'm wondering, like, okay, say it's Game Seven, right? So they can put pull this off somehow. Like, do you just throw him out there as a decoy to to get? none off the floor a little bit because like i mean none you're right about some of the defensive stuff with lateral quickness but like he's been bad at boxing out he's he's like there was a play i mean there was these i've been talking about this a little bit like the the little tiny things that sort of racked up for the heat there was this uncontested rebound where he was like the only guy that could have gotten it and instead of kind of pausing a little bit and, and just sort of weighing it out and you know taking the weak side rebound and and being in position for it he jumped early yeah. And he just sort of skied across the, the landscape and the ball went out of, you know, over his outstretched arm. And it was like, oh, man, that was easy money for you. Yeah. Um, so he's been making those kinds of little mistakes uh, offensively. He did hit a couple rhythm threes. That was nice. Um, he needed that bad because uh, he hasn't been able to do anything like that. I mean, there's a good player in there. Uh, but man, do you do you get Drogic on the floor? Um, is is a question that I've had. Um, in when, like in Game Seven, like well, you know, well, I don't think they're gonna be in Game Seven. But, but <laughs> I mean, 
they, I mean, they said that when he tried to warm up, that he looked, he was fine until he had to move side to side or backwards. So <laughs> that's kind of the. <laughs> if you well, if you can't move if you can't move side to side or backwards, it's called track and field. So I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wonder then, do you play Derek Jones and and say hell, you know, we'll just like go without a, a ball handler? I mean, you got I, Butler, you yeah, got Iguodala. Yeah, I, I've surprised that Jones not playing. I mean, I just feel like... He's been pretty bad in the minutes that he's gotten. I'll, I'll throw that out there, but, but limited but, minutes. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, that's the thing that's kind of uh, stinks about the playoffs is you really... When you, when you shorten those um, benches, it's really hard to go back. Even if a guy fits, they're so out of rhythm and and especially now with a you know with a Dragic being out, you're like he's not even coming in doing the things that he normally would need to do. So it's oh, just it would a, be weird. Like, can, can you imagine if they actually did that? If they sat none and and went kind of quasi big, even though they're going small a lot of the time, you know, in the front court. But like, you could see a Derek Jones covering an Alex Caruso or something, you know, and and the right. Lakers would be tempted to drive that right. You know, and, and try to get the, the drive and kick game going on something like that. And it would be, you know, really interesting to me because once you create an advantage for the Lakers that's not involving LeBron and AD, you're kind of goading them into playing something they shouldn't be playing. Right. Right. That that's I, I wonder this will tell me a lot about Spo because, you know, Spo had questionable playoff decisions early in his career. And now he's become one of the elite coaches in the league sort of since then. And I thought the the move away from the zone was slow in game two, unless it was purposeful because maybe he thought that they had no shot and might as well not tip your hand in game three if you don't have to. Um, and then he did move away from the zone in game three. But we're talking about like night and, diff, night, night and day different Um you know, looks there in game three, like the heat were extremely competitive in one in, in, in games one and two with the zone, they were terrible. So, I mean, I don't know what that says about Spo's coaching job, but if he can come into this game and pull some weird stuff, like, you know, that, that could, that could bode well for his, his rating, his unofficial rating. I mean, I mean like game one, they quit. That's what was really shocking about not only the way the Lakers came back, but they quit. They, they they quit. The, the Heat quit. They they weren't playing hard. And some they of that feels like it's coming any... from Jimmy too. I, I you, yeah, when you all, said he was tired. Was, was I, that's the, the one thing was... that kind of resonates with me is like, did he let go of the rope? Like happy to be in the finals? You know, no, I was, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that quitting. It was the quitting of like, like, the first time that you like you you've talked yourself up. You've talked yourself up. You've talked yourself up, and now like Serena Williams just hit like seven aces in a row, and you realize this isn't going to happen for you. <laughs> they just had that moment in the first, you know, they, they had yep. that moment in the first game, and it wasn't like you, you know they just they they were just shook and they quit, and they said we're not going to win today. Now to their credit, they recovered and, and gave effort in game two and came out and won game three. But I don't I don't I don't put game two on this poster at all. I mean, those it was and it was like in the third quarter. I mean, it, they were done. It, it it's all rap. about how you do when you get punched in the face in life, in yeah. in sports and everything. It's when you get punched in the face. How does it go? Uh, that 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 Serena uh, metaphor was good, by the way. Um, the game five prediction from Cause. It sounds like I mean, you said no game seven. So are, are you you got this thing? Getting uh, getting I, ended I do. here. I think um, yeah. I I think that I just think LeBron is going to if they if they win if the Heat wins Game Five. I I don't even I just don't see a path. I I just don't see a path. I don't think regard. I think regardless of Anthony Davis, um, I just. Because I think he's going to need to. I think you're going to see a lot of the Heat players really free, really shooting the ball, and I think you're going to see a big scoring game from LeBron. I think he's going to go early and often. I think he's going to push it because I, I just. Yeah, I was going to ask you about pace. Do you think that that the Lakers try to run? 
I think he will, especially if no one is joining him with no one's playing well. If he's the only guy, I think he will to just to get better open shots for people. Um, I just, you know, he, he's just been, a, I think he's just been a master of the series. I mean, he's just controlled every aspect. Um, you know, outside the turnovers in game three, I thought, you know, he was just, he's just been phenomenal. So I just, I just think knowing the importance of putting the knife in. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's done a three, one comeback. A, huh? He, he's been on the right side of a three, one comeback. He's been so on the right side. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just think he's gonna, if the heat win, it will be. A historic <laughs> I don't even I, I just don't see a path there I think that he's going to be going hard I think he might get to the line like 16 times I, I just he's he's going to do everything possible to end this thing um so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Lakers I would if I were you I would take that I don't know what it is but I take the under though because yeah. I don't think I don't think that there's going to be a lot of Lakers joining him earlier I think that the te- the the I think that they'll be tight. I think everybody but him is a potential. Maybe Danny Green, but I think there's a potential for a lot of those guys to really, really be tight. You, or you see Kuzma quick because he's never tight. <laughs> this team, this go. Lakers team is a character. I mean, you you got McGee and Howard on the same team. I can't get over that. That to me is just the funniest thing in the world. Um, but then you add Rondo, Kuzma, Caruso. I mean, God, what a what a character, what a set of characters, man! And uh, obviously, you got your star power there. Um, I I feel like the Heat have punched, you know, aside from the the gaping hole of Game Two and Three, you know, or pardon me, Game Two, um, like or, or mid Game One, probably from quarter two of Game One to 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 Game Two, pardon me, where they were just like not competitive. You know, like I feel like the Heat have shown they can punch with these guys. They did it in the first quarter yeah. of Game One, and and they did it in Game Three. You know, and I thought they did it in Game Four. In fact, I thought they could have won this game, like really, really easily. Like oh, just well, a few extra, bu- yeah. you know, if they, if they didn't get those offensive rebounds and Jimmy Butler hits three, and I know this is all what it could have, should have, but like, I just think it's funny how we we view things. Like if the Heat were two to two right now, everybody would be really panicking about the Lakers. Um, not not the smart analysts, but like you know people at large would would be panicking about the Lakers, and and there would be pressure mounting on them. I don't think people give the Heat a shot at all right now. Um, so they're playing with house money. I think they're going to throw their best punch. I will take them to cover. The question is, should I? What? Yeah, I, I think I got I, I to pick against them. I, I got to do it. It's like you said, LeBron's too much. There's too many advantages. So I will take the Heat to lose. And I know that that's, that's not very um, you know exciting as, as I backed the Heat. I picked them to win. I don't think I picked them to win after game one, but, but I didn't know Bam was coming back. And, and with Bam back, it does change a lot. Um, but in this kind of a matchup, uh, it's it's still they just don't have enough. If I could get anything out of Kendrick Nunn, I would think differently. But I'll pick the Lakers. I'll be yeah. like you. Yeah, um, the thing, even if he, even if he has a good game, he like they. It's not about production from the. Uh, the replacements for Dragic, it's it's the manner in which Dragic does it which causes problems. You know, I could see like Kendrick Nunn coming out and having a good shooting game or whatever and getting 18 points or something. That's not going to be as impactful as how Dragic does things. And that that's what that's kind of the it's kind of the downside of building a team with everybody's role being so crucial. Like the Lakers are just a star team, right? They're top heavy, so. LeBron can go out and score 50 and LeBron can go and have like 20 and 12 assists. There's not really a thing that anybody else has to really do because they'll just find a way. The Heat have to do things a certain way. And now that major cog is gone and it's just like, they, they just, it just is a they, big They got to play perfect. And, yeah, and that's, that's, that's so why, like, I, 
the, those errors are just so crucial for them. You know, Kelly Olynyk fouling Marcus or Markeith Morris on a three when there was no reason to do so at all. That kind uh, of stuff. Yeah, that was a bad one too. He's done. He, he's been so bad, which is an interesting thing. You don't hear that said very much, but like he's been about as bad on the the details game as any player I've seen either in this series or in, in the last few series I've watched. Um. So, be better, Kelly Olynyk. I have a lot of money on you guys. Uh, anything else you'd like to say before we take off? Not the series, no. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so uh, we both predict the Lakers uh, for Game Five. I, I got the Heat, and I'll probably t- I, I'm going to decide between the Heat plus whatever and the under. I'm going to decide if I pull the trigger. Cause if I go one and zero, I will have hit over sixty percent of my plays in the bubble. So I got a lot riding on this. It's, it's a big old advertising piece for us um, as we step into the, the, the world of professional gaming. And uh, apparently that's my new career. Um, other than that, if the, the Lakers win, we'll do a cleanup show at some point in time. Cause will have celebrated. We'll get to hear all about that. But if there's more <laughs> games. It's not the same. Like, I'm happy as a fan, but this is like a pretty unorganic Laker team. An asterisk. You know, like, it's not gonna be. It's not an asterisk. It's just like my. It's just not my favorite Lakers team. You know, there's just not enough. Nobody home. cares about anything right now. Ratings are down because everybody's just like staring at their TVs, wondering when the whole thing's gonna go to hell. That's. <laughs> oh, and since it's tucked in at the end of the show, did you catch the debate? <laughs> uh, p- parts of it. I, I mean, like, uh, yeah, parts of it. Let's talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that some other Stop. time. Uh, Twitter.com slash KOZ Andy BRU show. Facebook.com slash KOZ Andy BRU show. If we have more games, we might do another show for you guys. If not, we'll clean up the mess after we're done. Another one's in the books. Peace. Peace.